Hi everyone and welcome to episode 23 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan, teaming up with the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. Episode 23. That's um, quite fitting considering that uh, everyone's getting around the last dance on Netflix at the moment. Have you uh, have you seen any of that yourself? Sure have. I've watched the first first four episodes. And serious, yes. serious TV, isn't it? It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, brings back great, else. great memories and uh, it's such a good doc. So um, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend uh, the last dance. Um, can't wait for Monday to roll around. Uh, the two epi- two episode a week thing's pretty pretty good actually for Netflix. Yeah, I'm hoping we see a bit more of uh, Carmen Electra and uh, <laughs> she, should be, she should be a regular appearance. I think in uh, in every episode. Old yeah. Dennis Rodman looked like he uh, enjoyed himself. <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, it's a bit of a different cultural uh, allowance uh, back in those days. Oh, Dennis needs to go on a bender. All right, Dennis, you go on a bender and. Um, when you when you finish with your bender and, and having your time with Carmen Electra and uh, doing your drinking and drugs, then you come back and play some basketball. No worries. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I reckon stuff. if Luke Shuey went to uh, no, maybe not Luke Shuey. Let's go with a uh, Tim Kelly goes to the leadership group at the Eagles. Says, boys, I just wouldn't mind hopping out for a uh, you know a few days in the piss. You guys mind if I miss a few days training? Yeah, no, nah, no worries. Off you go, Tim. Enjoy yourself as well. Enjoy yourself. You know, come back refreshed. Uh, what do you think of? Jordan, I reckon he's coming. I reckon I really like him. Um, he looks, he looks stoned in every episode. His eyes, yeah, and he's got yeah. the the little glass of whiskey, which is constantly going up and down. So I think he's, <laughs> uh, I think he's enjoying himself while filming. But he's a, uh, a very likable um, human. I didn't realize how agile he was. He was very obviously he's, as he got older, he's got a bit more. He's got a bit bigger. But um, yeah, he was very, um, very a lot more agile than I remembered. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, um, yes, anyway. episode 23, Terry. Um, it's fair to say we had on episode 22, it was a massive build-up for the return of Dig Deep at Ascot mm. last Saturday. We were all left sort of scratching our heads when he uh, finished at the tail of the field in the get-out stakes. What, uh, what can you tell the listeners about the people's horse? Everyone's a bit concerned. Yeah, well, they probably they probably should be. Uh, dig deep. He actually fractured a um, had a hairline fracture to a hind cannon bone, um, which we think occurred jumping awkwardly out of the gates. Um, so that is not the well, it's not the news we wanted to hear. Um, but at least we can attribute uh, the performance down to an injury, and it's not a tendon. So the, the recovery time frame is anywhere from three to six months, um, which again, obviously, isn't idea we were pretty excited about having him back and uh we were looking forward to probably a two three four little start campaign here um but the positive news is that as i said it's not a tendon um we'll know a lot more in a fortnight whether he can be back in work in three months time and look to target something throughout the summer carnival potentially but uh for now the people's horse must rest and recuperate bj Mm, that's uh yeah that's that's a that's a shame it's a it's an interesting wave of emotions as an owner i imagine terry like the big the the excitement leading up to the race the immediate disappointment um following the performance can you can you just run run the listeners through uh, a day in the life of uh, an owner at um last saturday and then obviously the the fallout since then it must must be a pretty pretty uh, wildly fluctuating set of emotions that you've, you've gone through and um, yeah just put the listeners in 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 your situation uh, over the last week 
Oh, well, a few of us decided to uh, get together, just a very small little function, about four of us uh, at a friend's house, a fellow owner's house, and um, to watch the race. And uh, we obviously got there for the first, and his wife decided to bring the espresso martinis out at about three o'clock in the afternoon. So by the time we got to dig deep, we were all fairly um, vocal, you could say, BJ, and fairly... (laughs) Fairly fired up by that stage. I think everyone's bet size went up by about 100% uh, because of the espresso. They were very costly espresso martinis in the end. Um, But uh, he he never looked happy personally in the run. He could tell very early Mm -hmm. on he never looked happy. He's not a horse that needs to be scrubbed along. Um, Well, he hasn't needed to be a horse that's needed to be scrubbed along to stay with the field. He could could tell he was going to drop out and and run a a long last, probably a a fair way out. So it was uh, highly disappointing. Dan was um, really good and gave me a call uh, after the race and we had a bit of a chat it's all a bit hazy after mm. the espresso martinis but um yeah we we were we were very disappointed uh obviously and um we were concerned i think was probably the major overwhelming feeling for mm. uh for the fellas um well-being um but as i said now that we know what the issue is it's for me, it's just a sportsman with an injury, and we just have to look after him and um, and be patient, and, and hopefully we can we can get him back a, a happy and fit horse. Is it is it a warped sense of relief when the email comes through to find out that there's actually a reason why he went so bad? Well, Do you know what I mean? I know, I'm like, the he's going to be out for three to six months or whatever, and it's far from ideal. But is it is it a little bit of comfort knowing that? There was there was an element of um, there was a significant element of uh, or you know a reason as to why he didn't didn't perform up to his well, usual standards. This is a little bit of a I'll give you a little bit of a snippet of the email received from the um, the Pierce brothers. It says we're extremely disappointed by the news of Dig Dave's injury, which we feel must have occurred when jumping from the barriers awkwardly on Saturday. But we're also somewhat buoyed by a couple of factors, which are certainly in his favour. Uh, not only is there a small sense of relief that his race mm. performance can now be attributed to a confirmed injury sustained in running, um, but bone injuries are also uh, a much better result than tendon or ligament injuries uh, as they generally heal without issue. And then they go on to say he's obviously got youth on his side, so with a bit of luck we can um, hopefully have him back in training in potentially an August type thing. So glass half full approach with us, BJ. We'll um, we'll get the champ back. He'll, he'll continue his amazing rise and um, there might be a – a Michael Jordan type documentary made when he comes back and wins a Winterbottom first up. I don't know. How, I don't know how he'd qualify for the Winterbottom as an eighty-two rider, but that's all part. That's all part. That's all part of the uh, the storyline. So, um, no dig deep for a few months. I'll I'll go quiet on dig deep now. I think the people's horse is going to be put in the cupboard for a little while, and um, I'll fire up again in three months' time. Sounds good, mate. The uh, the the listeners can come along on the, uh, along on the ride. With you and the uh, and the people's horse when he uh, uh, eventually makes his return later this year, fingers crossed. The Pierce brothers they did get some consolation on the day though with their star mare Angelic Ruler claiming the the Sheila Gwynn Classic. The race really panned out sweetly for her and, and William Pike, and uh, she was a bit too good for her rivals on the day. Yeah, she was. Uh, it really did pan out very well for her. As I said, when I um, discussed the race with you on 
Thursday, I, I had some concerns she was going to be back last behind all the slow ones, but when Pikey got her out pretty well and uh, Fancy Fox missed it and she found the 1-1 and Flower War was never a happy horse um, out in front there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, curtains a long, long way out. And uh, a special mention to Lavina as well as a maiden mm. going to listed company. Don't be beaten by 1.4 lengths. Um, big effort and uh, might be a horse on the rise, BJ. Sat outside leader and mm. did uh, did plenty of work. That was yeah, that was an effort. It made all of our um, merit. It made every tipster in Australia, I think, tip Jaguar Grey because of that uh, <laughs> yesterday. And it was fairly uh, fairly soft viewing when it was um, well, it was two twenty into about a dollar seventy, which was probably the right price dollar seventy dollar sixty type thing. But um, a few snipers got the two eighty on. I think our uh, friend of the podcast, Dane Hollingworth, I think sniped the two dollars eighty on Bet three six five. So uh, good on him. Well done, well done. Yeah, there was a few few shorties that got the cash yesterday, so everyone's. Mm. Should have got a few of their multis up. Um, last Saturday also, we have to mention the win of King Blitz in the Diggers Cup. Mm. Jeez, this is a pretty decent horse, King Blitz, isn't he? Fair dinkum. Very good horse. I, I didn't mm. realise. I knew on the day that the rail was hot and it was playing and the track was playing a certain way, but um, it was – as hot a rail as you will uh, just about ever see last Saturday. So to see King Blitz come down the outside and win in the fashion um, he did, and mm. especially when a mystery miss, one thing I, I probably got it quite wrong. I know a few. There was a, quite a few people out there tipping King Blitz, and I was um, I wasn't very close. Uh, to Tiffany King Blitz, I wasn't in the in the ballpark at Tiffany King Blitz, but um, it probably probably shows that. The graduation at the moment, the 60-plus to the 78-class horses, there isn't maybe that much in it. Yeah. Um, to see Uka Loki um, come out and run second as well, they're, they're, the, they're the two that are sort of just sort of rising at the moment and stepping up and obviously got in uh, really nicely at the weights being, I think they were 78, 79 rated in a 78-plus, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so it just shows that uh, there isn't as much of a gap uh, between the, um, the, the top liners because Mystery Miss wasn't that far from – um, King Blitz on straightening, and King Blitz was uh, a far, obviously, a far superior run. So, well yeah, done to, to to Peter, and it was a good little story um, we read during the week. So, um, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, Peter Edwards. She uh, it was um, an unorthodox kind of ride. <laughs> for, I, don't, I don't. I don't think she's going to ride too many orthodox ones. So. Yeah, but um, it was effective nonetheless. And um, King Blitz, he uh, he does run for her, whether you like it or not. He certainly does, and um, she does things her way. Does Peter Edwards, but um, certainly has. Uh, Got the results recently, so congratulations. Also, congrats to Chris Nickel, another who's mainly country-based rider, but he got a rare Saturday City win aboard Luke's Gold for Roy how Rogers. Did, how did Luke's Gold settle back in the leader? Unbelievable I, oh, stuff. Geez, the horse hasn't stepped in a million years. It steps and lands back in the leader. Christ, yeah. No, it was. Uh, I, I saw that the. Um, they do a puncher of the week. I saw it on Twitter, and it was uh, someone multied King Blitz and uh, Luke's Gold, and I thought, Jesus Christ, it's I would, I, I would have been a fair way from that multi, I'd suggest. So, um, well done to that person who got the hundred and twenty to one or whatever it was about the pair. So, well done. Yeah, yeah, that's um, they des- that's a thoroughly deserved puncher of the week <laughs> yes. too. But. It certainly is. They're they're brave. It's certainly, yeah, lots of courage involved there, but um. But yeah, uh, so that was good for um, a couple of the lesser lights in the jockey ranks. Congratulations again. Mm. One of the other highlights was three-year-old Philly Cambus. 
She won against the older horses. Sean O'Donnell rode for luck, and geez, everything just fell into place as the as the seas parted and um, canvas just burst through for a pretty convincing win. Mm, what did you? Uh, <laughs> I thought our best of the uh, well, my best of the day was probably a little bit stiff in that one. Uh, VJ old rivalry glow. What are you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I just had to laugh post race. Um, there was nothing that, nothing more that could be said really. But I'm sure we'll be talking uh, a fair bit about rivalry galore, the horse that we're referring to later in the preview. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a, uh, yeah, it was just one of those, one of those rides for Mitchell Pateman, wasn't it? But um, yeah, it's funny when you the, the luck came for Sean O'Donnell. He's a genius, and no luck for uh, no luck for Mitchell Pateman, and everyone's sort of tearing their hair out. So it's a fine line this uh, race riding caper, isn't it? It certainly is. Exactly right. If the guts open up, and uh, yeah, basically at the top of the the choice at the top of the straight to either go in the or before the straight to get in the back of throwdown or to ride it for luck. And yeah, it's just uh, some days the gaps open up and you win the race, but uh, not on this occasion. But I reckon there's a big chance we're going to butter up very shortly, BJ. Good stuff. I think I'm with you there, mate. So lastly, last Saturday, have to mention the win of Charlton Eddie. Geez, he looks a real, real star in the making. This two-year-old, he uh, that's three straight for him. Dominant out in front, double for the Sean and Jake Casey father and son training combination with Labor Rod winning the get out stakes. Um, they've got a lovely little team ticking along. Mm. Uh, and the cherry on top has to be powerhouse multiple group one winning sprints of Vega Magic. He looks right back on track. He trialed um, sensationally at Belmont on Tuesday with Patrick Carberry in the saddle. And um, everything appears like he's going to be ready to launch in uh, first up in the Roma Cup in two weeks' time. Yeah, that will be a uh, very, very interesting watch. I'm not um, – it's it's sometimes quite difficult to bring your, your trial form, and that's, that's a stable, notorious for horses performing um, at their peak in trials and occasionally not bringing that to, to race day. So that'll be a really, really interesting watch, uh, Vega Magic, and how he returns under race day pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a stage where he was just about the – Premier sprinter Cooked. in uh, in Australia. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, started favourite, started um, favourite in Everest, didn't he? Yeah, he ran second in Everest. Probably, mm. probably mm. should have won. To won be it. honest, yeah. <laughs> um, he's yeah, he's won twice at Group One level. Like he is when he when right when he's right, he is the real deal, Vega Magic. So if he um, getting in at weight for age, if the Casey combo has him um, on song, geez, look out. Look out! Good luck. Could be a um, could be a showdown between Vega Magic and Dig Deep in the Winterbottom. Could be, could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said I'm not going to mention Dig Deep for a few months, and it's taken about six minutes till he's yeah. going again. So, sorry, let's move on. Now, um, yeah, Roma Cup, as always, is uh, going to be a cracking race, and look forward to to that um, to that race in uh, in two yeah. weeks' time. So. Um, Moving on, we're recording at uh, currently it's 11.40 a.m. Thursday, April 30. From a racing calendar point of view, we've got a country meet at Geraldton this afternoon, which no doubt the guru will get stuck into. That's one of his happy hunting grounds, the Crayfish Coast. Do enjoy the Crayfish Coast. Yeah, yeah. We have the Northern Stakes Day program at Ascot on Saturday, which we're about to sift through. Big 10 race program and um, not forgetting there's a there's a Bunbury meeting uh, this Sunday as well. Before we move on to our preview, we have to thank, thank our fantastic sponsors, 
the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. As mentioned on previous episodes of the 1-1, the Mundaring is closed for the public, but are offering a um, takeaway food and beverage packages. Um, jump on their website or their Facebook Facebook page for menus. Give the public an in Butchie O'Connor a call and let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Speaking to Butchie during the week, he's pretty keen to um, reboot the Mundaring Hotel WA Ra- Racing Mastermind competition, Terry. Mm-hmm. There will be a new prize, um, which we're just working on at the moment, but um, could be a Mundaring uh, Hotel Maddie or a Mundaring Hotel Multi involved, but uh, more will be revealed on next week's podcast. I like it. Very good. So, yeah, Butchie's very keen to get the uh, the mastermind back up and running. But, yeah, if you're in the neighbourhood up in the heart of the hills, give Butchie a call and, and support our uh, our um, fantastic sponsor, the Mundaring Hotel. Also, Market City Meats, they are the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Drop in and say good day to Timmy Hewitt. Let, again, let him know that you listen to the 1-1. One, one. He'll, um, he'll look after you. Market City Meats sponsor the extremely popular Get Out Stakes competition. We were overwhelmed with entries last last weekend, Terry, which was fantastic. Um, the winner of last week's uh, Get Out Stakes was Anthony Reardon. He selected Labor Rod by 2.0 length, which was the exact winning margin. So there almost needs to be double double the result for uh, for getting the exact margin. But um, Anthony kindly suggested. Um, he's unable to pick up his uh, his meat pack, but he ca- kindly suggested we pa- pass it on to the second placed Daniel Smith. So Daniel was only 0.1 lengths away with with his labour rod prediction last week. So Dan is um, is the winner, and um, make sure you enjoy those succulent uh, steaks from Market City Meats, mate. So we'll run through the finer details of this week's Get Out Steaks competition before we preview race ten. Lastly, if you want to read Terry's in-depth analysis and betting strategies for Saturday's Northern Stakes Day card, jump on the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au. All Terry's info will be there. And if you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up was launched at 7 a.m. this morning on the bestbets.com.au website, as well as ozrace.com.au. Time to get started, Terry. What do you think? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. I was going to actually um, just uh, bring up. A, I was going to start a new segment. I don't know if it's going to be a continual one, BJ. But uh, I was given a really interesting statistic during the week. It's got nothing to do with horse racing. It's a basically just a boredom uh, isolation stat. Here's something for you. I haven't actually run you past this, but uh, who do you think in Test cricket currently, current active player has the most sixes? Mm. Yeah, have a go. What country? Uh, New Zealand. Um, uh, Williamson? Tim Southey. There you go. Is that current, right? Current, yeah, there you go. So there's your, uh, there's the ISO isolation statistic for the week. It's going to come every week. Ram- I'm going to, yeah, random, random isolation Random statistic. ISO stat. Yeah, exactly right. Tim <laughs> Southey, current leading six hitter in test cricket. That floored me. Absolutely floored me, BJ. Anyway, yes, let, let's, let's move on. I like it. I like it. Looking forward to next week. This, this mm. could could take off, Terry. Okay. I think, I think so. Ascot on Saturday. Rails in the true position. Fine day. Light sort of winds. What are, what have you got for the for the listeners? Pattern wise, conditions wise. 
Uh, well, it was at the true a week ago, and it remains uh, in the true position. We're out at 16 metres on Wednesday. That's um, basically half the horses are jumping from the Stone Motherless Bar, aren't they, when it's at the, uh, when it's at the 16. But uh, back to the true again. Last week, it played extremely rail heavy. Um, it was quite incredible how... Uh, advantageous it was to be leading or to be making your runs along the fence um there's no reason we should be allowing for any different this week i mean all that changes is we go from a light easterly to a um sorry a light westerly to a light easterly so if anything it should play uh it should play more on pace that the only thing i will add to that and this isn't something that i can really quantify with statistics is if a track plays it a certain way one week and the rail stays the same the following week i'm not sure whether the curator does because they'd be aware how the track played and they, they would know. I don't know whether they try to correct it and they can overcorrect it. So I would just be somewhat wary, but um, I'm definitely going to be um, favouring horses on speed um, with my early suggestions and early plays, BJ. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ascot Rail True, um, always the advantageous to be in the spot, isn't it, Terry? So I uh, can't imagine that Saturday will be any different. Um, rail, rail true and easterly is just yep. as bad as biased as it possibly gets at Ascot, and that's exactly what we're going to see um, on Saturday, especially because we've got a 10.53 a.m. start, and the easterly is um, uh, forecast to be a lot stronger um, until about mm-hmm. midday, so especially the first couple of races, I think. And we kick off with the two-year-olds. I think you're... Uh, I think you're going to be um, definitely in a uh, favourable position if you're out in front. Good. Okay. All righty. You ready to start? Let's do it. It's a marathon, the Northern Stakes Day program at Ascot this Saturday. But here we go. Race one, Crown Perth Plate, 1,000-metre race for the two-year-olds. I spoke to you yesterday, Terry, and you you weren't um, you hadn't quite sunk your teeth into any of the trial form. Did you bother, or did you what? What did you come up with? What do you want to throw to me in the uh, two-year-old opener, mate? I, I chucked the left pad out, probably um, probably a meter and a half outside off stump. Put the bat above my head and uh, watched the ball sail through to the keeper. <laughs> so uh, over over to you. I did watch the uh, the trial of uh, the Pierce runner in Zangief. I thought that was nice, but um, a minute oh four and a half for the trial time didn't really enthuse me. So look, I'm I'm gonna stay out completely here. Um, Nobility was a trial I watched, and I actually backed mm. it when it was a late scratching last week. I think we were actually recording the podcast when Real Grace won that race by about five lengths. Um, and Nobility, yeah, I think was that, was a, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, 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 two weeks ago. Sorry, and um, I liked its trial because you, whenever you see a jockey look around in a trial, it's it's a little bit of arrogance or confidence about what he about the machine he's got underneath him. And I, and I saw Jason do that in that trial. So, look, I'm I've got very little to work off here. Unraced two year olds, not my um, not my jam. So, um, long story short, BJ, I'll leave it to you. Cool. All right. Yeah, I um, I'm, I, I really like the trials of Zan Geef. I think if that's how you pronounce it, apologies to connections, but he probably should have won both trials, um, went to the line under a reasonable hold when he um, ran second on April 6th, his first trial, and then he led, uh, bounced quickly, railed, led, and won at uh, Bunbury on April 20. Time wasn't there, as Terry alluded to, but... Just moved well, um, begins really quickly, hails from a winning family. I think he's a half, half-brother half to Ambiente, Terry, who okay. um, was a pretty slick sprinter himself and how, and there's a couple other 
good horses out of the family as well. Yeah, I think if um, he pings from one and he can hold the lead in front with Sassy Trader sitting outside, I reckon Zangief is going to take some beating from there. Sassy Trader looks the, uh, looks the main danger, uh, quite well regarded. Um, first starter from the Sean and Jake Casey, another um, youngster uh, being unveiled by the Sean and Jake Casey yard. Um, child pretty well um, in his uh, Belmont 14 April win. Did find the rail in front and led at speed. Um, so it might be a bit of a different story if he happens to land outside Zangief uh, on mm-hmm. Saturday. But regardless, I think it's between those two. I actually quite like, I think this isn't a bad little race. Um, I think all these horses are capable of winning races moving forward. Um, so look, going to look, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like you have liked the trials of Nobility, like the trial win of Fishhook. Dion Luciani's two have both... Um, both shown enough at trials, but for me, I think it's going to be between Zan Geef and Safi, Sassy Trader, and whoever leads will win, I think. So for me, like I've it. got Zan Geef in front and on top. Such a uh, an important aspect of two-year-old, and especially unraced two-year-old racing, is who does find the fence and who can rail, because that's how they're educated, not to... Well, they... Uh, they're most of these uh, you'll see lead trials and um, and get to the front and actually uh, hold the rail so it's a, it's a different story sitting outside of a horse BJ exactly exactly so yeah that's the way that I see right uh, the first race on the card for the babies turning out we'll see how we go race two is the tab touch better your bet handicap graduation 1100 meters gee whiz that uh Gee that, whiz. That first up, first up Miss Frost victory was jaw-dropping, Terry. Um, it certainly, certainly was. What do you make of uh, of this race? Oh, that she only gets beaten if uh, she has the second up blues. So it's often it's often an issue uh, when a horse is second up after a lengthy um, a lengthy break, and she's obviously had a year and a half out between between runs. But um, the reason I'm not too perturbed or concerned about that in, on this occasion is the fact that it was so soft. Uh, first up, Mitch never pulled the whip. He he put her away after he'd asked for a hundred meters of an effort, and she just coasted to the line. So I don't think she would have taken too many ill effects. From that run, um, I think she's drawn to settle a bit closer. She can probably even grab the back of Sir Mambo, uh, yeah. who lands outside of, outside of um, round the point. Round the point, yeah. Mm. Whack and Tanker might sit three deep, might end up crossing them, and um, that makes Miss Frost uh, three back, one out. But look, even with the easterly in play, even with horses on speed being suited, um, there's no way you can look past Miss Frost. Um, my, my notes say I'd look look at a play at a multi at a dollar eighty plus. I mean, I've marked her a dollar. What did I mark her, BJ? Let me just let me just get my notes up here. I marked her a dollar forty five, uh, and I said if it wasn't for the potential second up blues, it'd probably be close to a dollar twenty five. So, mm. um, really like Sir Mambo. I was on Sir Mambo first up. Should have probably won. I think. Yeah. Um, yep. Agree. Very stiff. Uh, if there is going to be an upset, it is going to be Sir Mambo. But uh, Miss Frost and I think I'll just be watching and enjoying and cheering her on for uh, our mate Big Fern. Yeah, summed up nicely there, Terry. I was a dollar forty Miss Frost. Pretty rare that I'm shorter than you with my faves, but um, Miss Frost just wins. Agree, Sir Mambo. Geez, he was stiff first up. The state. What price? What price did you have? Her, sorry, dollar forty. Dollar forty. Yeah. 
if you've got something a dollar forty, it means it should be about seventy five cents. You should actually lose money if it wins. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, this is a, this is a get on. I think there's a dollar fifty five around it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, really, really hop in here. Yeah. So yeah, this thing uh, just wins. Um, correct quote was it uh, from Luke Fernie? Best horse he's put a saddle on. I think we spoke about that last week actually. So mm. um, yeah, uh, all eyes will be on Miss Frost. I don't think she'll disappoint. Sir Mambo, the only possible danger, but something would have to go drastically wrong, I would have thought. Very much so. Disappointing for Mitch as well that uh, she obviously gets in this race with just the 56. That's Mitch hasn't wouldn't have been sacked, I'm sure. It's uh, just a case of him not being able to ride at the 56 and um, uh, Pikey taking the ride. Not much is lost there. No, no. And um, as you said, just maps sweet. Yeah, should just be taking care of business on Saturday. You know what, Bajos, before we go on, I only just thought about this now, but I've got Sir Mambo so far ahead of the rest of the field um, that I'm actually – I'm – I'd be looking at one thing I've noticed recently is I probably haven't paid enough attention. It's something I'm probably looking to bring into my game a bit more is uh, exotic playing in regards to Quinella's exactors. Uh, races where I feel it's there's a standout pair or whatnot. I think this is a really good race in that sense. Even if you're talking three to one, and I don't know if that's an um, ambitious dividend. I haven't really thought about this, mm. as I said, but I really do think Sir Mambo runs second here, and I think you can um, look at some form of play in that manner, uh, exacta Quinella. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, so, a good bet. So, yeah. so I'm interested in this. What? Mm-hmm. What? Um, so I imagine you're mainly a, a win-only guy. What? What bet types do you play at the moment? Uh, win-only. It's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Quaddies and jockey challenges uh, were my highest ROI for the last. Uh, I've got a. Uh, data analyst living with me at the moment. He's uh, works for the Eagles. He's got a bit of spare time at the moment, so he's going going through all my old data. And um, uh, hello, Jared. And um, and it's actually quaddies uh, and jockey challenges, which were the most. Uh, they're also probably some of the lowest spends, were the most profitable over the previous six months, which is quite interesting. Place betting uh, showed a small loss. Um, and there was very little exotic betting. So basically, I am basically a win-only punter. The, 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 the times where I'd change that up uh, would be if I can't get enough on a roughie. So for example, yesterday I quite liked Jarman at the 20 to one, but I, I can't get anywhere near what I want on at the 20. Yep. So I happily will take some of the five bucks the place to just to be able to have more on, if that makes sense. Yep. I, I'd marked it around $5 the win, which was probably a bit thin, but uh, well, <laughs> in saying that, it was probably a moral beating. Um, but I, um, yeah, the place side of things is something I, I steer clear of. I'm, I'm happy to have less wins, but bigger wins when I have them, if that makes sense. So uh, do you play the jockey challenge every meet? Not every meet, no. We, uh, we actually have a little calculator where we chuck in my numbers and it spits out the correct prices uh, or spits out my prices. And then if there's something which is um, significantly over my odds or even just uh, enough over my odds to get interested, that that's when we'll hop in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I quite, uh, quite enjoy a good jockey challenge. Good for those meets where you've only got three or four races you're keen on because it gives you uh, some form of excitement in the other few as well. Last question. What about multis? Mm. How, how, let the listeners in on, how, do you take multis? How do you play them? Is it a rarity or is it just when you can't get, get set for what you want to what, Yeah, what you want to? It, it helps to get set probably. Yesterday, um, like the entirety of Perth, we were pretty keen on Platinum Bullet and Jaguar Grey and early on there's sort of 220s around and 210 Platinum Bullet and a bit of this and that. And Basically, when I, and you take a price, it can it comes in very quickly. So, and you can't get any more on. So, at the same time, you take a bit of a multi in that situation. But I mean, what I do is I'll spend 
the equivalent of, say, two units uh, most Saturdays, not every Saturday, most Saturdays, playing my four or five in a fairly ambitious multi-sense. Three of them will need to win. And if I'm going to win, I'm going to get 50 to one my money. So yep. I might only, that might happen twice a year um, type thing, but that's, it's it's a long-term play basically. can be quite exciting when it gets to the, uh, to the final uh, to the final couple of legs and you get the first couple up. But um, exotics-wise, the reason that it actually um, was in the forefront of my mind was last week um, we both tipped Blackwater Bay and said, I hope your dance looks dangerous. And it was just the obvious one. I think the Quinella, don't quote me on this because I haven't written this down, but I think the Quinella paid $4.70. And I, I just you look at that and obviously after the race, every every dividend looks great because yeah. you know the result. But I just looked at that and thought I just had those two that far in front of everything else, that far in front of everything else. And I, I never look at going down the exotic path. So I think that's something I want to uh, probably pay a bit more attention to, to, uh, to increase turnover because um, that's what it's all about, increasing your turnover. Very interesting stuff, Guru. Thanks for that insight. Um, race three is the all-new Northern Suzuki Handicap graduation 60-plus uh, company over 1,200 metres. Big scratching this morning, um, mm. which has robbed the race uh, of the favourite, uh, early favourite anyway, Lipstick Flickers. When when the markets were released this morning, Lipstick Flickers was – was uh, the on top um, from from a um, pricing point of view, but she has been withdrawn, which has thrown a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons, Terry. Um, but uh, we adjust, and um, we still have to find the winner of uh, of this particular race. What um, what did you settle on here? Uh, well, I I really liked. Um, the map with lipstick in this race. I was pretty keen on a double play lipstick flickers and gates of Babylon. I think yeah. we would have seen some support for Altani double jeopardy uh, to a lesser degree solid as it, which would have allowed us to probably get $3 lipstick flickers and five fifty six to one late gates of Babylon. Now that's uh, lipstick flickers out. I guess it's got to be gates of Babylon um, mm. in that, in that sense. Uh, gates of Babylon does have to go up in the weights, but I actually, I think it's a positive carrying the extra weight and Mitchell Payment going on. This is a horse yep. who uh, his entire career he's had uh, he's been handled by uh, apprentice jockeys Randy Tan. Um, I'm not sure if he'd finish his apprenticeship by that stage, but Randy Tan, Brody Kirby, and Chris Graham basically have had long stints on this horse. Um, Paul Harvey rode him over a mile, which arguably didn't run out, um, yep. but he hasn't been handled by a good, strong front-running jockey. So. Uh, with the easterly in play, it's only 10 past 12 when this race is run, so it's still going to be fairly prominent, especially that stage of the day. I think he goes forward. I think he rolls, and I think he's really, really, really hard to get past um, with Mitchell on top, BJ. So uh, I lean to Gates of Babylon. I'm not I'm not over the top keen because 60 and a half is a fair bit of, um, a fair bit of tucker in the saddle. But um, the fact Mitch is a 57, 58 kilo catchweight jockey anyway, it's something I quite uh, quite like in that sense so that the weight doesn't uh, bother me too much. Um but, uh, yeah, Double Jeopardy should get the running behind Altani, just in behind that. Um, very keen, um, very keen, sorry, very interested how well Altani jumps. Uh, that will probably determine its chances in regards to how close um, how close to Gates of Babylon that she can sit. Um, mm. She actually missed it first up when, when Pike rode her, but he very likely would have restrained her anyway. Yep. But yeah, Gates of Babylon for me, but not not over the top keen, but um, I'll definitely be having something on it. The near $4 quotes, that's probably enough, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's good money for Al. Just, I feel there's going to be good money for Altani, even with Pike not in the saddle here. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see a slightly better price late for uh, GOB. 
Okay. Well, I was. Uh, I thought this was the race for lipstick flickers. Um, I think she's just been screaming out for a for a draw. Got the gate one, um, but she is not a factor anymore. So adjusting for that, I think. Um, I think Eltani has has gate speed if they want to use it, but she she looks like she's been re rejuvenated or most effective with uh, ridden with a cover now. Do you agree with that, Terry? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and she she does have good good strong closing speed. Like mowed down Tycoon Legend, who basically looked home, didn't he? Um, midweek and uh, how Altani. much? How much does she lose from Pike uh, from from Pike going off though? Pike yeah, was yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So good loyalty shown by Tiana Robertson mm-hmm. putting Peter Naki back on board. I imagine Pete um, does a lot of the work at, um, on the track, on the training track, and um, obviously he's the number one man for the flying Fabergino. But um, uh, yeah, no, Pete, Pete's coming back from a um, from an injury. Um, had a few rides uh, on the weekend. He'll um, he should be getting his eye in and um, from four if he can just needs to begin cleanly and be within striking distance of Gates of Babylon and has the closing speed to get over the top. I think I agree with you. I think Gates of Babylon um, looks suited with the scratching of lipstick flickers and should be able to should be able to hold up from from gate one now. Uh, I like the um, I like Mitchell Pateman going on as well. Lugging bit on tongue tie on. Looks like they've um, made a couple of key gear changes there. He's going to jump rail and take some beating, isn't he? Uh, he's a pretty pretty hard horse to get past most of mm-hmm. the time. The only other horse I'd like to mention, just want to get your view on Little oh, Lil, Lil Red Bikini. Carried 59 kilos and breezed outside leader at Pinjara uh, last start. Prior to that, was very stiff behind Star Glitter midweek. Drops... Four at plus two, so six kilos with the blinkers on. Chloe has a party from gate twelve. Looks set to land outside gates of Babylon. What can what can Little Red Bikini do from there? Do you think? Well, there's been some money around mm. his last couple. Um, Brian Hill nearly knocked over half the field uh, on the tenth of April, um, and the six day backup. I don't know if that was overly suitable. Uh, for, I, don't, I don't like the sprinters on the on the really short backups all that much. Um, but yeah, I think with with the low weight landing outside gates of Babylon, I think if you were backing her, mm. you would be crossing your fingers at something at gates of Babylon doesn't step all that clean, and then she finds the rail. I yeah. think she would need to find the rail to, to win. win. It's not yeah. that's and that's not a complete yeah. impossibility. Yeah. Um, but well, because uh, Cramden outjumped gates of Babylon the other day and uh, yeah. and found the rail, and um, GOB had to. Had to sit outside leader, didn't he? So, yeah, um, that was a really a good run in that sense. And I yeah. mean, you go back, and I, I really, I really watch the runs now. Lipstick flicker scratch. It doesn't matter quite so much, but it was interesting who you would have determined as the better run between lipstick flickers and Gates of Babylon. Because I mean, a lot of people would probably argue the fact that Gates of Babylon did the work uh, outside the leader, um, and lipstick had the the sit. It was probably actually a better run from Gates of Babylon. So, um, but that argument doesn't really matter anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I'm um, I'm leaning towards Altani at present. My market's all over the place because of the uh, lipstick flickers scratching. So I'll have to uh, do some adjusting. But um, but like you, I th- I think that Gates of Babylon will take um, some running down in front as well. So perhaps a um, back and save or a double play there. We'll see how we go. But for me, I'm leaning towards Altani. Terry's keen on Gates of Babylon with Mitchell Pateman to lead all the way. That's it. Double jeopardy is probably the the other danger. Racing really well from the gate. Probably could even just about tuck in somewhere near the back of Gates of Babylon. And um, yeah, had no luck last start. But uh, it just gives me a non-winning type feel, double jeopardy. So won't be getting mine. Okay. Moving on. Race four is the Northern Northern Car Wash Handicap. Three-year-old 1,600-meter race. Um Hand it over to you, Terry. What are you? What are your thoughts on on this clash for the uh, for the youngsters? Yeah, pretty keen here, BJ. Um, I really like uh, Tridenzia. Um, mm. Wasn't on last start, and I, I, that was probably a, a blue on my behalf in not uh, probably reading how the race would be run. I was I, I opted for Power of St George, who got back and um, it needed the probably needed the A it needed a faster tempo and B a, a stronger jockey. It needs looks like a horse that needs a rev up. But Tradenzia won it really softly. I'm that win doesn't bother me. Like that win was just so soft. It just had to win that race. But I want to go back to the previous run um, against Son of a God and um, Tommy Blue. Tommy Blue, yeah. Uh, she she closed really nicely, and for a horse whose previous successes had been went out in front, um, success had been went out in front. Another good run um, was also when leading. Um, to me, that showed she's got a couple more strings to her bow. So I'm expecting there to be a fair bit of speed coming across from out wide. Um, you've got Mercy Prevails in nine. You've got Ginger Flyer in twelve. You've got Mr. Mount Walker in thirteen. I don't know if Mr. Mount Walker will be able to get there. Um, it's a real shame for the Wolf Yard that um, this bloke hasn't drawn a gate because I reckon I reckon he would have gone around at a big price still if he drew three or four, and mm. I reckon he could have just about gone close here. But from thirteen, I I can't see a way he wins. Um, and also, sorry, Deputano from Barrier Eleven. Uh, if you go back to his best run for Lindsay Smith, that was when jumping and leading a midweek event. So I'd imagine um, from the wide gate that they'd be looking or considering going forward and trying to replicate that type of effort. Yeah. Yep. So that means Tradenzia might uh, end up. I reckon Tradenzia could just about cross everything underneath him and find the fence. Uh, her, sorry, and find the fence and end up on the back of whatever does end up out in front. Um, from there, it's just about Chris Parnham extricating and um, being able to hold out Blackwater Bay. Um, Blackwater Bay was obviously a good winner only a week ago, but beat nothing. I mean, I hope your dance would be 50 to 1 type thing in this race. So while it was a good win um, and Pike uh, and during these milers, they tend to continue to elevate throughout their campaigns i think at the moment on proven form that uh tradenzia might have the edge on blackwater bay and um at the three dollars 80 which is currently around i'm happy getting involved bj okay um just touching on tradenzia what a what about this michael lane stable mm, uh, running at about 26 27 percent this season just yeah, like, I don't know, from memory, I'd have to say this is his best best season of training. But they're, um, they're just doing so much right, aren't they? Those, they're, they're obviously well-trained, but uh, they're, being, they're well-placed and they're being really well-ridden and um, mm-hmm. they're just ticking a lot of boxes that yard. So um, 
I think um, I think people can support Tradenzia with confidence. Um, but for me, I, uh, I I'm you know I'm thinking Blackwater Bay can elevate even further off his maiden win last Saturday. I think he's a horse with significant upside. Um, this just looks like the typical Pike. Begin well, let them all come around him. Stays one off, gets you know mid, sort of mid midfield run in transit, gets the drag into the race, and just you know you know that uh, yeah. that that Pike uh, ride that we all know and love, where he just sucks, sucks, suck, and then he just produces them at the right time and just has them covered like he does it time and time again. That's the feel I get with this um, with Blackwater Bay. On Saturday, Tradenzia, if Tradenzia can begin well and, the, and they all rush around and it, it gets a, a smother on a gem, genuine tempo, geez, she's going to be hard to beat as well. I, I just feel as though Blackwater Bay has the closing speed to and the strength to um, to get over the top. Really, really keen, both of those. Um, just what did you think of um, Baby Blues last night? I know you were pretty keen on on her. Um, she's got to be a major player, doesn't she, gate one? Yeah, I th- I thought Baby Booze was just a touch flat. Tell you what, in the run, you get the back of She's a Light, who's ended up winning the race in the three-wide line. Top of the straight, I thought, this is over. Like, this should be winning if I've... Um... So I, I thought actually... I know um, I know she's run third, but I, I was slightly disappointed um, that she didn't win the race, to be honest. But again, from barrier one, she probably lands... She'll maybe even look to hold out Tredenzia, but she probably lands three back defence. Um, that's back a, defense, that's yeah. a difficult ride from there for Chris Graham. Yeah, yeah. So need gonna need plenty to go right, but she's um she's good enough, I think. And the other runner that I'd like to mention is Divide the Sea. Doesn't like he's won one from fifteen. I just feel like he's been coming th- he's coming through better races than this. Mm. Don't know what your view is, Terry, but did run third in over the Ascot Mile behind Money Matters and the Lex Piper Stakes earlier this prep. Comes through last of the line, Kelvin form, who we'll be talking about soon. Uh, I, I kind of like the way they hit the line the other day. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Divide the Sea runs a big race too. But um, for me, I'm um, I'm pretty keen to play on Blackwater Bay. Uh, hopefully, won't be losing um, if Tradanzia wins as well. Very keen, Tradanzia. Probably one of the best of the day. I think. Good. Good, good, good. I think. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Anyway, we'll, continue. <laughs> you're all right. We'll, we'll be doing our best betting proposition of the day, mm. but we'll let uh, we'll let Terry um, just in the uh, mix. yeah work through all that. But we'll get to that after we complete <laughs> the preview. Race five is the Northern Mazda Three 2020 World Design Winner Handicap. Jeez. Yeah, rolls off uh, the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's a mouthful. So, um, so yeah, that um, obviously the the race names have a northern flavour because it's uh, you know usually the northern stakes is run is the opening meeting of the the northern season, but um, that has been put back a few weeks. The uh, opening Avon Valley um, season won't be starting for a few weeks yet, so the northern st- stakes has been moved to to Ascot on Saturday. But um, but this is. Um, a race that we sort of touched on a little bit earlier, but it's the 2200 meter 66 plus contest. And um, I think we're both going to be going again 
aren't we? Rivalry yeah, galore. Yeah, we have to, I think, yes. Uh, Mitchell, uh, as I said uh, briefly in the preamble, um, he probably had the choice at about the 800 to grab the back of Throwdown, which I was screaming at my screen for uh, for him to do because I know that Throwdown's a horse that uh, will take you into the race. He's, he's nice and tough, makes those runs from the 1,000. Um, as it turns out, it would have been the perfect card. Well, the other option was probably to wait on the fence. and um, But, I mean, obviously with the we've now got the, um, uh, the, the power of hindsight, which makes everything a lot a lot easier for us but um look he, he went under the uh to the line under a hole looked like he had an absolute stack of horse under him we can't know for sure but i'm pretty confident he would have won um only a week ago bit of a sign of intent saying we're going to go straight back to the well with the horse didn't really uh get out of his comfort zone or break a sweat last saturday so look from barrier two it's going to be a similar type of story it doesn't um he doesn't have a huge amount of early speed so mitchell's probably going to end up three four back the fence but we've got a fair bit of a fair bit happening in front of him. Swift Platinum, mm. no doubt, will we'll want to go to the top and lead. Proxy uh, won't be far from them. Uh, Midnight Banquet always rolls forward. Then you've got the mid-race moves. I'm a love man, can't go early, but there's only one way they try and ride him, and that's mid-race move, take off, be aggressive. Throwdown, it's going to make a mid-race move. Volkswagen Frank, I don't think they're just going to wait and save him for a little sprint late. Um, he's going to be looking to make mid-race moves. So it's all going to turn into a mess again. And as I always say with these staying races it does a lot of the time come down to um come down to luck and the best ride but i do think mitchell will be um extra determined i often speak about pikey rarely making the same mistake on a horse twice in a row um i don't think mitch is too far behind in that category so um i'm pretty confident that rivalry galore will get the job done um i've only actually got one danger uh, BJ, and that's um, one of your favourite horses, actually, who you nearly got up for the listeners as a Maddie. Was that actually what got, got the Maddie up last week, BJ? Was that one of our first Maddies? Looks like magic. Yeah, it looks like magic. Yeah, why do we should have discussed that? We need to, geez, I need to talk about when to do something. We forgot good. about that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it looks like magic was uh, was was backed off the map as well. I got next to nothing on it though, because I missed the early prices, and I'm too stubborn to go in at the fifteen bucks. So, I, well, uh, even I, even even the stewards were scratching their head. I see that they there was an inquiry into yeah, the improved performance. <laughs> that was an odd, odd inquiry. A race they've walked. Chloe's got a soft lead. Go back through its prior form. There was yeah, that's just makes no sense how they've. Um, mm. Lobbed in an inquiry about that anyway. Uh, British Bessie is the danger, BJ, um, without doubt. I'm usually pretty keen to take on horses that rush up to a staying trip. Um, and British Bessie is second up here at the 2200. Um, but last campaign, um, British Bessie second up was at 21.50 and beat Sentimental Gift uh, on yep. a Saturday. So Sharon Miller recently is getting these horses up and about really quickly. She's getting up to hand really, really quickly. Um, we saw Shadow Hunter win first up at the mile. We saw British Bessie run second first up at the mile. So a lot of respect for Sharon Miller and the way she's training in that sense. Um, and I definitely think um, that she is the danger, um, but a clear lean to rivalry galore. I ideally will be getting my money back on um on british bessie so i think at the current prices they're both five bucks um i'd be looking at sort of a four units rivalry or one unit british bessie just so you don't lose if uh bessie gets the job done bj yeah yeah i just think rivalry galore just needs that that genuine uh genuine tempo um looks like he's going to get it here isn't he with uh, all the speed that you uh, all the perceived speed anyway that you that you alluded to um terry so yeah like, just touching on last saturday what do you think 
<laughs> what do you think Mitchell Pateman would have said to Brett Pope returning to scale? That would have been a – I mean, what can you say? Just just uh, um, got that one wrong, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, Pope – Probably came back and said the horse didn't stay. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> uh, old man's got a story. Uh, he used to have a horse called Macho Mir. It's one of his favorite stories. He liked regaling after a couple of beers. And um, they went out to the – Oh, it might have been the Beverly Cup or something. I can't remember which race it was, and I can't remember who rode it that day either. And um, Eric and sat out three and four the trip and was beaten for beaten about a length and a half. And the jockey got off and walked back to the owners and said, "Yeah, don't think it stayed." And Eric <laughs> sat three and four deep the trip, and Eric, yeah, apparently they had to hold him back from. Uh, he wasn't too happy with the feedback from the uh, the hoop at that stage, but uh, no, I think Mitchell would have been um, would have been disappointed. But as I said, it's yeah. uh, a lot of these races come down to luck, and if if the gaps open up and the runs in the fence close for Sean O'Donnell, which they often do. I mean, then Mitch mm. looks like he's made the right move. So, yeah, it's the luck of the game. Won't happen again. Yes, I agree. I agree. Going to back Mitchell Pateman in to, um, to make amends here on rivalry galore. I'm really keen to go again. Yeah, agree with you 100%. British Bessie is the main danger. Obviously, the two Cerise and White runners, Dark Choice and Western King, will both uh, have admirers. I think Western King. I, I didn't. I know he got some favours on a rail, uh, rail-heavy day when he won last start. But I just, I kind of like the way that he sort of s- stuck on late, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I reckon that he's going to love every bit of this twenty-two hundred metres. So I imagine he's going to uh, make his presence felt. But for me, two-horse race, rivalry galore, British Bessie leaning strongly towards rivalry galore. I think the price is about right too. I'd, I'd them. Like you, I had them both mark five dollars. I had rivalry galore three fifty and British Bessie four fifty, but I also had Oh sorry, an, apologies, yep. Yeah, that's just current prices that I can see. Yep. Uh, I also had a, a strong notation that I suspected rivalry galore would start a little bit longer than my quote. Um but yeah, I'm very, very keen that um rivalry um galore will win. There's only one danger, so let's go again. All right, come on, Mitchie. Let's do it for the lads at the one one. <laughs> That'll probably that'll probably make him pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Um, moving on to the feature of the day. It's only a six-horse field for the uh, Northern Mazda Stakes, the 1,100-metre Northern Sprint here. Uh, Group three, $120,000 race. This is going to be an exciting, exciting clash coming up, Terry, between... Flying Mares, Fabergino and uh, Flirtini. Yeah, it certainly will be. Um, the 1,100 metres makes it very interesting. Um, over 1,000, you'd obviously, well, not obviously, but you'd be um, in the Fabergino corner without too many uh, thoughts going through your head. But the 1,100 metres does definitely um, increase the intrigue in this race. I think you'll see, obviously, Fabergino lead. My initial thoughts were they might try and tuck in uh, Luke might hand out some instructions to tuck in, but I don't think with Mervyn that would make any sense. So I think you'll see Mervyn on the outside of Fabergino. Peter Nucky will also be aware that his horse could be a little bit uh, suspect late. He, he probably won't want to go out um, uh, hell for leather uh, on Fabergino. It'll be interesting to see if Mervyn is really aggressive and if they've got any sort of um, mindset to even try and take, uh, take Fabergino on. They've got to have a crack. It's the only way they win. If Mervyn takes a sit, it yeah. runs sixth. Mervyn takes a sit, runs last. So, um, yeah, I think Mervyn's got to go forward and take it on. And, I mean, 
Unitime has bombed the start regularly, did so first up. So if Unitime bombs the start, it leaves um, Flirtini on the back of Mervyn, potentially. 1-1, one, one, yeah. Mm, potentially, yeah. yeah. From there, it's, um, geez, it's going to be hard for Fabagina to hold on if uh, if she's been softened up a little bit for Mervyn. So I, I've marked this race around about 2 bucks to two fifty. I had Fabagino with the Easterly. I, you trust the rail horse, but um, I mean, Flirtini went up yesterday, and we were in a little chat with with Crip as well, and talking about the three seventy four bucks. It just looked a just just a bet, didn't it? Yeah. it just looked a bet. Yeah. No, it just it's just to me. I think two seventy was probably the right price. Two sixty, two fifty. Um, I was uh, I ended up I ended up landing on three dollars Flirtini. So yeah, yeah, I had a, a two seventy. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so for me, a bet on Flirtini. But I mean, if it was gun to my head, flip a coin, I'd probably just have Fabagino in front. But for, I'm all about prices, as you as you know, BJ. So it's a, it's a no brainer. I think there's still some three fifty around. That's a that's an easy bet. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just jumping on the dynamic now, and looks like there's uh, there's a bit of three three thirty oh. available Flirtini. Um, it's been eaten away. Yeah, yeah. So still above my rated price. I was what. I came back to about 185 Fabergino. Um, but the, the probably the most fascinating part of the race will be the start. Um, if I'll tell you what, if, if Fabergino is a half, uh, she's so fast, but even if she's a half length slow out, slowish out, G. Jade and Mervyn, they've got to have a crack for the lead, don't they? Yeah, have 100%. to. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Um, hopefully if, 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 Fabric- if Flirtini does lob on the back of Mervyn, hopefully he can just take her to into the straight. Um, if he if he comes back in a lap, that's really and forces Flirtini to go three wide earlier than earlier than Joe Razzapati would like. That really gives Fabergino an advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, just Flirtini's Colonel Reeve stakes was so dominant over the um, 1,100 metres with um, Paul Harvey in the saddleback in November. Ended up absolutely massive in the Group 1 winter bottom. But Flirtini is is top-notch. She is she is a really high-quality mare. Um, she, gets that, she gets that bit of smother produced at the right time. Simon A. Miller coming off a treble yesterday. Second up, tick, tick, everything just looks set for Flirtini to gun down Fabergino late. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty keen going uh going with Flirtini in the uh, in the Northern Stakes. All I know is that the the current price, well, three thirty now is a little bit thinner, but um it, look it wouldn't surprise me if, if Flirtini starts close to favourite almost. They they like to back her. She's a an improving mare. Um mm. people will look at the fact that Mervyn's a jump and runner and it would be against that horse's best interest if they were to try and take a sit or just to ease her outside of Fabergino and just follow the script, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there'll be big, 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 big money Flirtini late. Yeah, I agree with that. You're going to be very interested to see how uni time goes. I think that he was um, – his first up run was a bit of a glorified barrier trial in my opinion. He's a pretty good horse uni time. He can't – he can't beat Flirtini or Fabergino, but I'm anticipating a vastly improved performance from Uni Time on Saturday. Keep an eye out for him. He's got he's got some jets uh, 
that horse. So really exciting clash. Two um, top-end talents uh, in Fabergino and Flirtini. Mouth-watering stuff, Terry. Certainly is. Uh, very much looking forward to it. All right. Race seven, Northern Mazda. Zoom, zoom. Handicap. Zoom, zoom. Thousand metre race. A lot, a lot of these horses went around against each other last start. There's a couple of X-Factor horses joining in. Um, the horses that I'm referring to that sort of clashed were Amelia's on Fire, State Attorney, Catherine Wheel, Condor Heroes. They all, they all met last start. 50 to 1, yeah, yes. 50 to 1, yep. Condor Heroes. That was good shopping from you, wasn't it? <laughs> Interested uh, to see what you've priced him on Saturday. Yeah, just a little, just um, a little bit short of the fifties this time. <laughs> There's no uh, just no wound him in. He can't. I, he, I don't think he can win though. He's, he can't win this one. But um, yeah, yeah, no, we're uh, we're not going to be dishing out the fifties this time. Heard it here first, yeah. uh, Ganjimi Racing. <laughs> Condor Heroes cannot win, no, according to the PRG. Probably could win, but it's more fun having making outlandish statements in that sense. Um, what do we like here? I'm, I'm pretty keen on one here, actually, BJ. Um, I, uh, from a speed map point of view, I, I'm relatively confident that um, they'll be keen to lead on Catherine Wheel with 52 and a half. The Apprentice yes. goes back on. It, it's strength. Her strength is rolling along and in front. So I've got Catherine Wheel leading this race. I've got uh, Condor Heroes, who didn't begin all that well. Actually ended up, it was actually a more impressive victory um, yes, I that agree. Same because yeah. had to work to get around a roughie, a Jeff Noski roughie, Cell City, I think it was, um, yep. and get to the top. So it was actually pretty tough in that sense. But I think Condor Heroes will work to the outside of uh, Catherine Wheel and Amelia's on fire will land on the back of Catherine Wheel. Um, I thought Amelia's on fire first up was huge, racing against uh, her usual pattern. She's a horse who all prior successes, uh, including the listed three-year-old classic over Celebrity Queen, have been when racing on speed. So to see her uh, add another string to her bow and come off speed and um, finish like she did, she probably peaked on her run to some degree, um, but she should be absolutely- probably, probably entitled to though. Probably a little, a little bit, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but she should be, I mean, there's every chance they're really aggressive and try and hold Catherine Wheel out, but I suspect they'll do their maps. Um, Chris will land on the back of Catherine Wheel, and my biggest worry is leaders back. Chris occasionally can get held there. Um, maybe doesn't push out with the strength of some jockeys from the back of the speed. So that's probably my only concern that she might be a hard luck story, um, be the one that's held up most of the straight. But mm. we'll back him in here, and I'm, I'm really confident that Amelia's on fire, um, gets the economical run, gets the job done. I've marked her $2.70, so $4 plus that's available at the moment is a um, get on for me. Yeah, we're, we're agreeing mm. quite a lot on the 1-1 one, one lately. Guru, so... Um, Absence makes the heart grow fonder, BJ. <laughs> on that, um, if uh, we, we'll have to check with the government guidelines, but uh, surely it can't be too long before we're doing this face-to-face -face again, Terry. Mm. So um, we'll see how we go, listeners. Hopefully it's not too long before we're in the... Uh, where remote uh, podcasting is a thing of the past and which might allow us to get some more guests on too moving forward. I'll have to go down to the pineapple shop. <laughs> Yes, mm, yes, mm. you will. Um, make sure you go see Timmy Hewitt at Market mm. City Meats, get some steaks and some pineapple at the at the markets there and uh, stock up for uh, for when we return. So um, getting back to the race, so yeah, agree with Terry. I've got Amelia's on, on fire, leaders back, um, tracking Catherine Wheel, who, I, who is a different horse in front. Look out for a um, significant lift from, from her. She, um, she was all at sea 
being pushed around three and four wide. The other day, um, Chris Graham on on board, no weight on her back. Um, Catherine Will straight to the front. Um, we'll take some beating too, I think, actually. But um, yeah, I agree. That's the big. I think the biggest danger is Catherine Will. Yeah, yeah. And um, but for me, yeah, I think uh, Amelia's on fire. Stalking Catherine Wheel. The gap, if the gaps emerge, I think she's just going to be curled up and go bang. Similar pounce, similar to how some of her stable mates won at Ascot yesterday. Mm. Gee, there was some closing speed on display there. It's just as as you as you summarised, Terry. It's just a matter of whether the um, whether Amelia's on fire gets the galloping room she requires late. Should be winning, Catherine Wheel. Is the biggest danger for mine. Um, I marked um, Millie's on fire four dollars. Catherine Wheel five fifty. But before we close the door on this race, I'd just like to hmm. see what you think about War Secrets. It was a horse you you sort of um, liked first up. Um, just looked like he peaked on his run a touch. Um, has that run under his belt? Uh, hmm. Drops in weight, up in grade. What are your thoughts? Well, top of the straight at his last run, it was um, it was all over, wasn't it? I just yeah. absolutely yeah. looked to be bolting, got the one-one. Mitch pulled him out and just didn't let down. Um, the bars were on, obviously, and he might have missed a little bit of work or something. But um, look, I think we'll see definite uh, improvement here. Barrier seven's a bit sticky. I don't know whether he has to go further back than they'd like. He actually jumps quite well. Last time Jade rode him, um, albeit in Kalgoorlie, he actually led. So I'd be surprised if he even sort of lands three deep outside the speed or he might even have the speed to be able to cross and con- I don't know I don't know how that'll all work out it'll be very interesting what the tactics are um, from the Fernie yard in that sense but I do think we'll see improvement from War Secrets but um, from a speed map point of view this isn't the race for him I don't think yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm expecting improvement as well I'm expecting quite a competitive performance but the map just appears against him doesn't he so I agree with that lastly Mankind was uh, set to resume in the Dig Deep later Averod race at Ascot last Saturday, but was a late scratching after a suffering a hoof prick um, in the morning. So he's uh, he's had a setback. He's I don't know if he's necessarily a thousand meter horse, but um, Pike on from one will no doubt have some fans. But um, I'm I'm thinking about opposing him and uh, and sticking strongly with um, my initial thoughts. Amelia's on fire. And Catherine Wheel as the hardest to beat. Yeah, Mankind's probably throwing back the fence. I don't think Mankind's a 1,000-metre horse um, either, especially with the with the big weight. It's interesting that Pike isn't riding Amelia's on fire. He's meant to have pick yes. of the, um, the Simon Miller runners, and he obviously rode a double for... Um, for those owners during the week, so um, yeah, for yeah. the uh, Amelia Amelia Park Amelia racing colours, uh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know, maybe they're just um, Pike Parnham. They're uh, they're pretty happy either way, and they'll just stick with the consistency of the last jockey. That's probably the reasoning. Because I dare say, if he was offered this ride, it would have been the pick uh, over Mankind. Yeah, yeah, that's that is a good pick up there, Terry. Because we there was a story in the West about a month or so ago, wasn't there, about how. Um, Pike is now the stable rider for mm-hmm. Simon A. Miller, which I found interesting because I always suspected they their first call was to Pike anyway, but he's hard to get. So, um, yeah, interesting that they've got a more formal alignment now um, and that he's not riding Emilio's on fire. But um, maybe we just that's just a side interesting side bit, tip bit of information there. But, yeah, pretty confident that Emilio's on fire is going to get the right run and uh, be very hard to beat. We're, we're full of tidbits on the uh, the one one BJ. 
<laughs> it's just a lot of Terry's tit, Terry's, Terry's tit, tit bits. Maybe that could be a new exactly segment. Right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that'd catch on pretty quickly, I reckon. All right, let's move on. Race number uh, eight, the Northern Mazda CX30. Everything just right. Handicap. Jesus Christ, they're going to have to have a longer break between races just so we can read out the race names. Oh. What about Simon? Simon Merritt's going to have to go for the bigger frame just to fit the race yeah. name in the, the winning yeah. photo, isn't he? Bloody hell. He's going to have to reduce the font. Might, might have to, uh, <laughs> might have to uh, abbreviate it. N-M-C-X-30-E-J-R-H. Anyway, cross. Uh, race 8, Ascot. I'm just going to call it Race 8, I think. It's, it's the northern race, one of the, the many northern races. Um, interesting to get your uh, your thoughts here, um, BJ. I I mm. tweeted after Moshard's last victory that I thought a fair deal of us would probably end up on him again at his um, at his next outing. Found a track that wasn't suitable, found trouble in the straight, um, hit the line well, still ran the quickest last two um, for the race. So he showed he was all well and good, but um, I just don't know if this is the right race. We've got the big Easterly in play. Um, he's going to be well back from 11, and there doesn't look to be a huge amount of pressure to the likely leader in uh, in Kelvin. Um, mm. These three-year-olds have really been adding up when when tackling the older horses. And while Kelvin isn't probably top, top line, this isn't a top, top line 72 plus either. This is a a weaker 72 plus. You look at your, your top few rated horses, your Miss Brown's boys, my Greek boy, um, Festival Miss with the apprentice on uh, Siani. They're either coming back from reasonable spells or they're probably past their best type of racing. So um, I marked Kelvin um, an easy favourite. Like I, I, I didn't, it's, just, it's not a race I went into. I wanted to find Moshart here. It's, you, know, you, you know, sometimes you, you want to find a horse or you want to be on a horse. Yep. Uh, but I, I just yep. couldn't find... Moshard that easily. Um, so I, I found Kelvin. Kelvin should be able to cross, find the top. Um, Bow Count traditionally takes a sit first up or doesn't look to be yep. helter-skelter. So I don't think you need to be too perturbed about having to sit outside a horse like Bow Count. Um, and from there, there wasn't much other speed. The, the blinkers are off my Greek boy, and I reckon they'll be pretty happy to take a sit on the back uh, of Kelvin with my, with, with my Greek boy. Yeah, I, I thought he went good with a sit the other day. Yeah, Greek boy. So, so did I. Yeah. So did I. I actually think he can win this race um, if he tucks under the back of Kelvin and everything goes his way. I don't think he's a complete impossibility here. Mm. Um, but for me, I, I just don't know where to um, to chuck Moshard. It's going to take a Pike special. It's going to take uh, Kelvin to probably not turn up and or maybe not measure up against the older horses. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kelvin went up... Uh, Eight bucks this yeah. morning. I was actually yeah. going to. I'm actually. I was actually going to mention Brad early. I don't know if anyone follows Brad McManus on um, Twitter, but uh, Brad um, is there's some good interaction. He Brad's the guy that does the uh, the tab touch tab touch odds on a uh, Thursday morning, which come out. It's a bit of a thankless job being the first one to. Um, to, to lob markets up it's a it's a very very difficult task because we've all got different opinions and um i know if i did it i'd, I'd make howler after howler week after week but i think mm. brad does a brilliant job but he's his interaction um on twitter and the fact that he puts his hand up if he gets one that shortens and wins or um this or that it's uh, it's really good stuff having someone out there in the public eye who's willing to have a chat about it and uh yeah he's quite a he's quite a funny man on the on the tweet as well so uh really really enjoy the work 
um, Bradley is doing, BJ. Yeah, he he um, he's quite quite accessible for a, for a market maker, and um, mm. uh, obviously loves loves the loves the game and loves the the interaction and everything that comes along with it. I must say, it's it's easy to um, to crow when you when you get the overs um, off a. I don't know whether it's a difference of opinion, but or a, or a mistake, or whichever way you wanna you wanna look at it. But um, I think I think we all take plenty of unders as well, and uh, we certainly, <laughs> and, certainly do. And, <laughs> and uh, aren't too uh, aren't too happy to let everyone know about it. So I think it swings and roundabouts with all that sort of stuff. Exactly right. But Bradley did put up some eight bucks Kelvin this morning, which I thought was a little bit uh, a little bit generous. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm expecting there will be obviously Ocean's Fifteen money again because obviously they don't realise that money has another value apart from being thrown in the bin. Um, Moshard will be supported, <laughs> understandably. W Pike P Fernie is a combination we can we love. But uh, look, I, I think you can probably determine a fair bit how the track's playing at that stage of the day and. Um, and whether Moshard is a viable um, betting opportunity. But uh, for me, I have to have Kelvin on top. I don't feel good about it. Like he, I've marked mm. him $3.15, so I've got him significantly Oof. shorter than – Yeah, I know. I Just with such a soft map, 54 and a half, three-year-olds against the older horses, easterly in play, rail it true. Just ticks him. He really just ticks yeah. him. But in yeah. saying that, and I can't quantify this, I just don't feel good about it. Yeah. If that makes any sense, I just don't feel good about it. So, um, going to have to pull you up. Going to have to pull you sure. up. Sure, go. Two starts in a row. Mm. No mention of Megazone. No, not now. Yet. Now, what's 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 going on? I'm a, I'm what's a, well, going first on? of all, I'm a patient man in that sense. But uh, <laughs> I think if if uh, something's going to sprint past them from the rear of the field, it will be Moshard. Um, right, and I on that. Note as well, Festival Miss is flying at the moment, but I don't think Festival Miss is an apprentice horse, and that's the reason that Festival Miss won't be in calculations for me either. Um, one horse yeah. I do want to mention, it will go around at 100 to 1 on Betfair. Um, can't win this race, but could win one of these soon with the right draw is Diablery. I think, uh, I think he's a horse that should have won more than six races in his career, and I think he's going really well for Summer Dixon. So Diablery will go around at a million to one. Um, this isn't his race, but there will be a race soon, I think. For uh, for Diablier. he might need to drop another ratings point or two, get down to about a sixty-eight rater and a little sixty-plus. There could be a race out there for Diablier, but um, Kelvin on top for me. If they are making really good ground throughout the day and it looks a real fair track, which on paper I can't see happening, um, I will be very likely to shift something towards the Moshard camper, whether it's a saving sense or whatnot. More just for my sanity, I think after last start. But um, yeah, Kelvin on top, BJ. All right. Yes. Well, I. I um Jumped on the mic today, fully expecting you to be um, hard, Moshard. Um, but uh, but interesting that you've pivoted back towards Kelvin because that's who I landed on as well. I really like Kelvin as a horse. He was a good, tough two-year-old. So I'll just jump in two seconds. This is one of my favourite things to say to people. If I back a horse or tip a horse, I get a lot of messages next start saying, are we on again? The biggest thing, I think one of the biggest things I've learned on the journey is the ability to not follow up on a horse because you did your ass on it last start mm. or not follow up on it because you won on it last start. The ability to let it go around, let it win and go, oh, there you go. It, it did win. You know, That's yeah. one of the hardest things to do in punting, I reckon, is to let a horse go around that you've had a big go on at its previous start and maybe things didn't go right. If you just don't think things add up. As I said, I went into this race wanting, wanting, wanting mm. to back Moshard. I just wanted to tip Moshard, but I couldn't come up with Moshard. 
Good, so yeah. That's, I think it's one of the hardest uh, one of the hardest things to do. It's also one of the hardest things to watch when he goes and gets up and I start cursing for the next hour or two and some interesting tweets come out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, hardest things to do in punting. <laughs> you are every ball on its merits, yeah? Exactly right. Every yeah. ball on it. That's a very good yeah. analogy. I like that. Yeah. So um so yeah, I'm I'm keen Kelvin. I I've always had a bit of a bit of an affinity with this horse. I um he was sort of had a bit of a rushed sort of pseudo derby prep uh, initially um at the mile and the 1800 wasn't suited. Fred Kersey pivoted, came back. Um, he went really good uh, two starts ago in a, in a fast race and was tough out in front with uh, with weight. Um, 60 and a half he carried that day. Found the rail in front over 1,500 metres with a claim last start. Again, the, the time was there on uh, comparatively on the day. I thought the win was really strong. Um, he's going to find the cross, find the rail in front again. He trucks along this horse. So um, whatever it's going to be a truly run 1,400 metres. So whatever's going to knock him off is going to have to be tough and and, and of a level of class. Um, so, but yeah, the, as you said in your, in your um, uh, summary earlier, the three-year-olds have been just – They've been cleaning up the older horses lately, haven't they? Especially the class mm-hmm. three-year-olds. So um, we went with Amelia's on fire to get the job done in the race previously, and I, I think Kelvin can continue the trend here. Chris Graham on leaders is completely different to Chris Graham on non-leaders. Um, straight to the front, rail, uh, give a kick. He's going to be very hard to get past, and that $8 this morning was um, was certainly over. So I, uh, I think I was 5 Dollars around the five dollar mark. Uh, I thought I had him and Moshart equally marked, but um, again, that'll that'll come down to as Terry alluded to, come down to how the track's playing on the day as well. So make sure you maintain flexibility with that. But for me, Kelvin on top. I think Moshard will be running on with strength, and I I just thought I thought Megazone was just massive, absolutely massive. First up, um, he's he's a He's a pretty good horse. He can win. Underrated. He can win. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. He can. He can win Megazone for sure. So, uh, but for me, leaning strongly alongside the Guru Kelvin to get the get the cash. I like it. Yeah. The key uh, before a lot of these race meets at the moment is to do a bit of yoga, so you can remain flexible throughout <laughs> the meet, isn't it, BJ? <laughs> All right, race nine, the Northern Mazda CX-9 Luxury for your world handicap. Just another absolutely cracking race name. Um, It's the race race we grow up wanting to win, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Character out of plates, railway stakes. No, 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 the Northern Mazda CX-9 Luxury for your world handicap. That's the one. That's the one. That's Um, the one. This is a um, this is a shocker. This is a Barry Crocker, <laughs> BJ. I uh, yeah, I don't really have any um, desire to even talk about this race. To be honest, I thought I thought I, I was tearing my hair out with this race, and I was like, I bet right. you Terry's just like found something here, and he's just going to come uh, in all bullish. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, mate. I'm glad to hear that. No, this is very difficult. Um, look, from a speed map point of view, I think with uh, Chris Graham going on Dawn Amada, we'll see some aggression there, and they'll try and. Try and lead. Cocky Dodd was ridden poor, um, just oddly last start. They tried to go so slowly. I didn't understand. Yeah. He's, he's a horse that um, needs to get him chasing from away. So that was an odd one. So that, that should be the speed in the race. Uh, Uncle Lino was really good first up, I thought, but this obviously isn't the race from 16. But there's going to be enough speed in this. Um, yeah, you can make a case for half of these. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... 
go too deep. She's a light was obviously a big winner. Um, don't know whether she's a light wins again though. Uh, Wild Fusion was okay. Seemed to have every chance, but gets the draw, gets the claim. Now had a few more weeks with Luke Fernie, who always gets horses to improve. Bit of, bit of gear tinkering as well. Blinkers yeah, off. Yeah, a bit on. of tinkering. Yeah, uh, I know you'll probably be keen on Nice Go. It was uh, probably the aesthetically the the run of the race uh, a fortnight ago. But I just I worry that Nice Go will be fall back type yep. thing. Need a bit of luck, and it's a bit of a nonny as well. But um, price isn't price isn't really there either, is it? Oh, I think it Oof. had to go close. It had to be close to favourite. Yeah. I think I marked this seven dollars the field. Yeah. Uh, I marked Lalfi, Lalfi, a five dollar fifty favourite. But again, I don't really want to go in that direction. Um, the reason Lalfi for me had to be favourite was. Um, Lawfee has been racing in, he's been racing in a listed race in a 72 plus yeah. and he's a 67 rater. So he only goes up three kilos on his last run for um, a massive class drop. So um, he's really well suited in that sense, but he's going to need a three wide line. He's going to need a fair track. Um, but I'm going to follow up on a horse that I actually found midweek last start, BJ. I think you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 15s to fives. Um, La Bionda. Yeah. Um, she's just racing really consistently from the gate. Jerry can have a, in the first four or six with cover um, because Jerry's on it. And a lot of the runners, Jerry or Wright, will probably start a little bit longer. We're going to see the 10, 15 to one. It's, she's 11 to one at the moment. There's no, she'll probably start a yeah. bit longer even. Um, I think she'll just start above her price that she should be. She's racing really, really well. Uh, two starts back, probably should have won. Um, did win last start in dominant manner. Um, Happy to have something small, La Bionda, but definitely won't be breaking the bank. Yeah, I think La Bionda was a horse to follow <laughs> uh, about six or seven starts back. So we had to we had to be bloody patient uh, before we could get a collect, that's for sure. But um, but yeah, I can see why you've landed on her, Terry. She's probably a horse I'll be having something on late Betfair as well. I, um, I threw Nice Go out as a horse to follow on last week's podcast. Um, happy to, like, you know, in a wide open race, I'm happy just to just to side with her. I'm hoping to get a bit better than the uh, than the current five dollars on the day. But in saying that, I understand what what Terry was saying. She sort of has to be around that price. Um, mm. Probably going to be heading the market, or at least first, second, third favourite. But um, it, yeah, it just I don't know. It's like it's a dartboard job. In a, in a in a lot of ways, isn't it, Terry? Um, certainly is. Um, you can make a case, as, as you said, you can make a case for for any any number of them. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, even if you come up to me and said you want to be on Adrian McPhee at a price or Dawn Amada at a price. I wouldn't. You wouldn't get a laugh out of me. Dawn Amada had absolutely no luck at Pinjarra the other day. It was bolting, never got out. Um, Lawfee, as you said, is coming back from harder races. I don't think. That, I don't think that was one of Pikey's best rides on Kia or a star first up the other day. Bounced him out, got keen, not really his go. He's a sort of horse you have to kid to a bit. You're going on board from one is going to be interesting. But for me, I'm going to uh, stick with my horse to follow from last week's podcast. Um, Justin Warwick Camp is uh, on fire. Um, Petticoat Junction winning bolted in yesterday at, uh, at Ascot, continuing their, their run of good form. Lucy Warwick, um, yeah, just just feels feels like it's the right race for Nice Go. That's where I'm going.
Good luck to quaddy players with this leg as well. You've, um, <laughs> you've done well if you can take only a, a small handful of horses and get through it. So uh, I think a few. Any people... any, su- any any suggestions for the quaddy players out there, Terry? Uh, any early there, mail? There's a button that says field. I wouldn't I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be afraid to click it uh, in this situation, BJ. But uh, yeah, no, not uh, not keen at all. As I said, if they're if the middle of the track's red hot, which it shouldn't be, mm. there is no reason it should be. Then for me, at five or six to one, I'd, I'd absolutely hop into Lawfee. But um, I just don't. Yeah. I think the track will play that way. So, um, yeah. La Bionda, if I'm having a pre-post suggestion, BJ. Okay, good stuff. Mm. What time is it, Terry? Ah, it's the GOS, I believe, BJ. It certainly is the Get Out Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S, our extremely popular market city meets, Get Out Stakes. Uh, Twitter-based competition, very simple stuff. Please tweet us at the one one pod who you think will win race 10 at ascot on saturday could be back to back yes it could be back to back for labor rod so um make sure you include a decimal winning margin two decimal points would be fantastic one decimal point is acceptable but keep them in decimal format if you can that's at the one one pod on twitter get involved uh delicious gourmet beef package up the grass to the winner so um it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a hotly contested get out stakes again terry um Mm. labor rod can he do it again yeah he definitely can do it again um this is a, a race I'm more interested to watch than play. I usually usually find something in the get out stakes which I'm pretty pretty keen on. Maybe I'm a little bit um I'm broken from the the get out stakes last weekend. I'm a little bit uh, gun shy. PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of PTSD. Well, I've actually got a bit of PTSD. Uh, I was telling you about this before um, from the the last at Kalgoorlie as well. So we'd had a we'd had a couple of uh, frothies by that stage of proceedings, and the boys were having a little bit of a punt. And um, I told them, let's we're gonna we're gonna go with Lactar in the last year at Kalgoorlie. <laughs> we're gonna have something on. I think it was holy holy Ramoli. It was yeah holy Ramoli. It was twenty twenties <laughs> to about high single figures and. And um, so the boys have all piled in and we've gone in and we've watched him and um, we've cheered him home and we've given it a big celebration. A few, um, obviously, we didn't, no, no, no touching. We're all a metre and a half away, but there was a good little celebration. We've gone and sat down and enjoyed another drink outside and someone's gone to check their balance and said, hang on, boys, this hasn't won. Oh what! I thought it won by a head. So yeah, it was a tough. Uh, it was a tough last uh, couple of races at Kalgoorlie and uh, and Ascot last week, Beach. So so you or- ordered a couple of uh, a couple more espresso martinis yeah. off the back of Lactar. Uh- uh, lifting uh, that horse into second place. <laughs> Lactar was not so lucky on this occasion, I can tell you that. So, anyway, uh, this is a, a good, uh, a good race. Obviously, without um, it's a good one, isn't it? Good, right. good way it's, to finish finish is. a bloody tough day, actually. So it is. I, I'm not overly. Yeah. Um, big on anything here as i said i massimo i was pretty happy to take on first up but i still thought massimo was a really big effort um to chase and and do what he did um he was always a better horse than laverod as a late uh late last year when they met there was occasions where laverod should have won but pike and massimo were just too strong for laverod late um whether laverod's now going better than massimo is laverod's drawn better than massimo massimo gets a nice weight swing back well, it's intriguing. I'm I'm not really mm. sure um, between the pair. And then Pims Royale wasn't far from Red Can Man, and Laveron and Red Can Man are very close to being on par with each other. Um, Red Can yep. Man's probably a slightly better horse. So 
Pims Royale, 1,600, not suited. Back to the 12, uh, a little freshen up of 28 days. Mitchell Pateman going on. Cracking little three-horse race, PJ. Yeah, um, and I'm sure there's some other runners that will be putting up their hands as contenders as well. Caracapo's uh, won five of 11 at the Ascot, uh, 1,200 metres. Wrinkley is just one of those horses you can never uh, never rule out of anything. Mm. How's Wrinkley? How's Wrinkley? He's gone. He's competed competed in a scenic blast stakes twelve hundred. Then Neville Parnham's gone straight to a detonator over eighteen hundred. Run fourth. Then into a Bunbury Cups. Run fourth over two thousand nineteen. Back to a fifteen hundred and won the grandstand. And then was brave as hell in the old comrade behind Media Baron running third at a mile. What what a good horse Wrinkley is. Fuck He's yeah. uh, tough as nails, but uh, you said you can never ride him off. If he wins this, I'll give up the punt instantly. <laughs> oh, uh, that's this is this that, is that's the headline. That's the headline. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> that's a, that's your uh, your soundbite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If he wins this, no, that's he, he won't win this. No. He's, uh, okay. he's a million to one. He probably won't even find the top. So, um, yeah, so, the, so the bloke that took the um, the King Blitz into Luke's Gold just double <laughs> will be will be taking the Condor Heroes into Wrinkly <laughs> Double to effectively wipe the Guru out of the punting game. Yeah, so. yeah, that that would do me if that double got up. So, yeah, I'd be. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't think Wrinkly can um, can win this race. I I, I don't know. Last which way last I'm... question. Last question. Okay. Speeding Comet. Yeah, I, I think I got it wrong last week about the 1,400 metres, to be honest. she Jade rode that exactly uh, as I would hope. Um, maybe getting off the fence and peeling out to the centre of the track was a bit quick, Sandy, because everything um, you saw Fry. I mean, when you saw uh, see a horse like Fryer's Gift make such a nice run on the fence, yeah. um, you know that the fence is playing really, really, really well. Um, so maybe that didn't help quite so much. Um, but I, I like speeding Comet back to the 1,200. I like Bo going on down to the 52 kilos um but i just think the three horses i mentioned before laverod pims royale and massimo is just better, the three classes him, yeah yeah, yeah. They, they really yeah. are so um current prices nearly mirror mine i can't have a bet at this stage but i'm sure that'll change at the day but yeah i can't even give you a tip to be honest i part of me thinks you just want to tip laverod seems the obvious suggestion here and the obvious pick but um yeah i do get the feeling we'll see some improvement from massimo and uh i'd obviously we're a friend of the podcast big luke fernie we'd like to see pims royale win so at this stage i'll i'll stay out and see what betfair does late yeah that's what i'll be doing because i'm um i'm always keen to back massimo uh he's uh he's one of my faves um as is uh well established on the one one pod um I, yeah, I'm like you. I um, some people might have thought he was a bit plain first up, but that run was really good. Who's, Did, your, favorite, um, who's your favorite horse? Because you got a few favorites. Yeah, I got a few. And you went um, cold on Gates of uh, Gates of Babylon. Used to be one of your favorites, and you yeah <laughs> gone gone cold on Gov. Uh, he hasn't got a position uh, in weeks. Red Can Man Cup Night. They're probably my my two two favorites uh, at the moment, vying for uh, vying for top billing, but. Um, but Massimo, uh, yeah, it was not far behind him. I actually, um, Pike was sort of first. That was trying to was sort of caught in a bit of a tri- tricky spot where because um, a couple of horses were kicking up underneath him um, the other day, and he sort of eased for a couple of strides. And in doing so, the race sort of got away from him a bit with Mervyn and um, and uh, uh, Guns of Navarone out in front. And then he had to quicken in the mid race. Uh, never really got any any cover. 
still kept coming late to be beaten, what, just over length, I think, mm-hmm. on yep. the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, really strong effort. I've, um, if he begins cleanly from from the draw, comes across with speed and can can sort of, I don't know, can jam him in maybe with a touch of touch of cover and a, maybe the 1-1, one, one, I don't know. <laughs> this, is your, this is your absolute specialty, just plucking a wide gate and saying 1-1. One, one. Going to get the one-one. I don't think, gonna, I don't think you've been I'm just wrong yet. Jam him in there. Um, yeah. Just put him where you want him. Give him the leaders yeah. back if you want. Just just chuck him yeah. wherever makes sense. Um, I I think Massimo has shown versatility. He's led him one. He's chased the hot speed and one. He's one off a slow speed. I, th- I think he's he's just a really really good horse and. Um, does this is a good test for him? Um, older horses in uh, it, very much race fit informed labor rod. Interesting to see how much development these two have made. As Terry mentioned earlier, Massimo did have his measure in the in the spring. Um, I suspect he still has his measure um, in the autumn as well. The price isn't quite there for what I'm looking for with Massimo at the moment. He he often drifts late on Betfair, um, which I'll be hoping for uh, again on Saturday. But I'm um, I'm locking in Massimo on top. Okay, good luck. I'm yeah. um, I'm not going to lock anything in. I'm staying out. I'll put a I'll put a nomination in for the Get Out Stakes um, closer to jump. Okay, good, good, good. Can I win it? You can win it. Why yeah. not? Okay, there you go. Right. What about I, your your sister's getting active on on Twitter in the uh, in the dig deep fan club? Oh, yeah, that's that's good, that's good stuff. She might have to whack a whack an entry in. Yeah, that's just that's just what we that's just what we need, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'll chuck an entry in. Yeah, if she puts Wrinkly by seven lengths, then you'll know it's mine. <laughs> I, I did like I did like someone putting in dig deep by sixteen point nine lengths last week. That was yeah, that was a bit of humour. That's. That's one of the guys I was watching the race with, actually. So yeah, he, uh, he didn't get the stakes last week. We were beaten by about sixteen lengths. So sixteen point nine. We just just the wrong way around, unfortunately. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, well, that brings us to the end. Yeah, yeah. Done it. Got through all ten. Yeah, yeah. We've done it, Terry. It's uh, it was a marathon, Northern Stakes Day, but we made it to the finish. Now it's time for our best betting proposition of the day. All right. Uh, are you ready to go? I think I'm ready to go. Yeah. Which which way are we going? Well, my best betting proposition of the day, uh, price wise, is right at this present moment in time, is Flirtini in the feature Northern Sprint. I think the the price around at the moment is still over the three dollars I had her marked. I think she can topple the fabulous Fabergino, and uh, I think that's a really playable. Playable price and the four dollars that some of the agencies had up yesterday was pretty juicy as well. So Flirtini for me, lock it in. Very good. Uh, Flirtini's not 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 my best. Probably uh, it's probably in the top four. That probably runs fourth in a quartet. It's a toss up for me. It's really really tight. Best this week between um, Rivalry Galore and Millia's on fire. But I'm going to give it to Tradenzia uh, as my best of the day. I Ooh. just. Tough race too. You've gone yeah, hard. Yeah, I just think that um, I just think Blackwater Bay's last win might have uh, probably just given it a bit more credit. The margin of victory, considering um, considering what was beaten there, uh, I do like Tradenzia as a horse. So Tradenzia, uh, Tradenzia, sorry, at around about three dollars eighty uh, is my uh, best of the day. Bj, good, good, good. Um, moving on, it's time to find uh, a roughie. We like to call them Maddies here at the 1-1 to 
be a maddie uh you have to be 20 dollars plus um while we're recording looks a bit of a we always say this but it is a tricky task to find mm. a maddie especially when the markets haven't really matured so they're at a high percentage and there is uh everything's kept kind of wound in pretty tight at this early stage um of proceedings but um i like a nice mature market bj <laughs> yeah yeah me too me too um so i see that wrinkly's in maddie territory terry mm. but um i'm assuming oh, you won't won't be going there that's got to be the one then doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, my Maddie uh, and I at this stage, I haven't, um, I haven't actually uh, backed it, and I, I probably won't. Um, well, actually, I'm not going to make my Maddie, but one horse I want to just mention um, is oh, it's actually eighteen to one. Pearl Trade's going to win a race at some stage. I don't think it it's going to be on. I don't think it's going to be on Saturday, but at some stage, Pearl Trade will win a race. Just go through its last 400 runs. May not have had 400 runs. It's been unlucky in every single one. It's time for Pearl Trade to get a new jockey on board. Like, you've just, it's beyond a joke how many times a horse can be held up for the entirety of the straight. It's just next level. Um, I am <laughs> going to make my Maddie duck feet. BJ. Good one. Um, yep. Yep. If, if that race, if they do go a bit mad later in the day, it could be playing on pace. They all go crazy. Really hit the line nicely last start. Um, it's no superstar, but the stable and the jockey are both flying. So duck feet could be worth something. It's um, $20 plus late, Bernard. Okay. So bear with me. My Maddie mm. is kind of speculative, I suppose. Unraced two-year-old called Tiger Move. Now, I... I can't really understand why this horse is $35 best available. I think its trials haven't been too bad. I don't think it's been that inferior, really, to stablemates um, playing for keeps. They sort of trialled as well as each other in a 400-metre trial recently. Playing for keeps is $4 versus Tiger Move, $35. Question. Tiger Move jumps from three. Yes, Terry. Uh, Alan Kennedy rode both in a trial on the 28th of April. Did he have a choice, do you think? Because he's That's gone with... trying to work out as well. He's gone with Tiger Move. Yeah. Brad does tend to be the jockey of choice for the Dion, though. He does. He does. And um, and that's uh, that makes sense. And the market would suggest that playing for keeps is the uh, preferred runner from the stable. But I just think that's big overs, Tiger Move, in a seven-horse field full of first starters from a good draw with reasonable trial form not um nice pedigree i've i've kind of liked what i've seen from it at the trial so i um i think that's my maddie for the day race one get in early race one number three tiger move at a price very good that uh i didn't see that one coming i didn't i actually <laughs> to be honest i didn't know there was a horse called tiger move until you just said it so um i was unlikely to see that one coming <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, so, um, so la- last week we um, we did have a um, was there a Betfair lay from Pete McCormick last week? Did that? Um, uh, yeah, he laid dig deep. A few people got stuck into me and telling you, oh, "I told you." Because if it, people either had dig deep as their best or they thought it was a knock. And all those people yeah. that said, "Oh, I told you it couldn't win," just go and honestly shut up your ass because the horse is broke. <laughs> the horse is broken down. I, I, fair enough, we're beaten fair and square, but that doesn't it doesn't count that you got it right. Pete never said that, by the way. I'm not trying to no. um, pick on Pete. Pete's far too much of a gentleman uh, to stick the boot in. I'm sure he will next time I see him, but. Um, mm. 
Yeah, no, it was. Dig deep and he, he got it right. Uh, the other, I saw on Betfair there was um, the two WA layers. Pete laid dig deep and the other bloke um, took on laver rods. So it was highly likely one of them was going to be wrong. And uh, Mr. McCormick, he's never wrong, is he? Our man. Our from man. The, one, the one one's very own, Pete McCormick. We've got to get Pete on again soon, actually. Quite enjoyed Pete. Maybe Pete and Crip, yes. we go a four-man show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. six-hour, six-hour podcast. Anything's possible with the with the new technology mm. we have here at the at, at the one one headquarters, Terry. So, mm. um, looking forward to getting some guests on in uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, yeah, so Pete McCormick, Daniel Cripp and Cripps, and our one and the one and only Terry Layton often throw out bet fair lays. So monitor their uh, Twitter accounts, and they'll um, they might be able to throw something out for for the punters. Um, it's time for our horses to follow segment. Yes. Terry's always comes loaded for the horses to follow segment. What have you got? You've actually used the wrong week to say that, VJ. Uh, I haven't got a huge amount uh, to follow this way. It's just a race I wanted to point to um, on Sunday at uh, at Bunbury. It's the uh, the Sky Racing, one of the provincial championship heats. I quite enjoy the the concept where they all come to town and race for a, about a hundred grand in a in a few weeks' time. Um, it's always mm-hmm. a it's a bit of a ferny race at the moment i guess they're just dominating well pete's just dominating the the country that much but um i there's a few horses i wanted to uh to suggest as horses to follow or we have recently suggested as horses to follow they're all clashing in the same race i actually don't like it too much in that sense because um there's so much uh there's so much form and uh quality form in the race this would be a great race to have on the saturday but you got kakadu who was um bolting the entirety last time just just fell on the back of a tiring runner has Kakadu got out yet? Asking for a friend. No, Kakadu's yet to get out. Uh, you've got Paris and George, who needed a race with a stronger tempo and a stronger jockey. Chloe, Chloe off, Joey on, so that's a positive. Uh, you've got mm. Oihana, who's racing probably out of grey there. Happy taking it on there, but it was one I suggested I wanted to follow maybe a month ago now, four, three or four weeks ago. Um, probably the biggest of the lot uh, is Rocky Path. Uh, thought, uh, How's the uh, booking, Terry? Yeah, I thought Rocky was big. Um a last week when uh, getting wide and running a nice final split and when it turned out that the centre of the track was um, absolute dog shit that made that run uh, even more impressive so W Pike up to 1400 it really does tick some boxes Um, and I'm really looking forward to that race I haven't actually sat down and done the form on map so I don't really have a uh, a tip at this stage but uh, yeah I think I'll be pretty strongly looking towards Rocky Path and Paris and George um, yeah two horses who are going places I think and get suitable races suitable maps suitable jockeys oh, I'm looking forward to it BJ good stuff and and also I see that your man mm-hmm. uh, Christo Sardelic mm-hmm. has uh, has picked up the ride on Peppy Jack. Tell you what, poor old Chris. They're giving him some. Um, he rode our horse uh, from a sticky gate. Now he's got Peppy Jack from uh, from the widest alley as well. They're giving him a fair few tasks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That looks a tough steer for mm. for uh, for Christo. But can we get uh, him a ride that just? Can we? Can someone give him a ride to just jump and run and give him a nice jump and run horse that's just going to win? Go around at a dollar twenty type thing. Let's get Christo his first win. Get Christo a winner. Mm. Come on, come on, team. Get him, um, put him on, uh, put him on a jump and runner, and get his, uh, get him across the line to salute the judge. Um, any more horses to follow, Terry? No, not this week, BJ. All right, 
All right. I've got a couple of random ones here. I don't know. We're interested to see what your thoughts okay. are on these two, Terry. Two uh, horses that went around at Ascot last Saturday, they're stayers at the beginning of their campaigns, but I reckon they're in pretty good nick. Upwards others from the Heck McLaren stable. His two runs this prep have been eye-catching. Looking forward to him rising to 1,800 metres plus next start. If placed to advantage, can doesn't win very often, but look out for him. He'll win one this prep. I'm positive. And I really like the runs of Noir Daru. I um I think he's he he ran in a thousand and then he went to an, the eighteen hundred metre Diggers Cup last Saturday. He's he's in good nick as well. Uh, stay out of follow in the coming weeks. Noir Daru, have you you been tracking those two recently at all, Terry? Up with others. T's won't be tracking. Tease. Won't be following. Uh, if I was going to give one horse to follow, it was going to be Noir Daru. Uh, I thought yep. the first up effort. Uh, over the sprint journey for a stay. It was huge. Ran really nice yeah. final splits. To step up yeah. to 1,800 a week, was it a week or a fortnight later? Whatever it was, I was asking a little bit too much. Um, should be fit now. Yeah, I think Nwadaru's in for a um, a really good prep. Uh, good prep, 100%. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Building building nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, yeah, so follow Nwadaru. Um, I, I might be following up with others because you, you never know. You're on heck watch. <laughs> there is a horse that should be winning a maiden very soon, a horse called Not My Fight from the Lindsay Smith stable, chased hard behind the $1.40 pop, um, was it uh, Stage Door at Pinjara Stella. last Sunday, Salador, sorry, my mistake, and um, Not My Fight uh, follow should be winning one very shortly. Um, Top Notch Trialers time, I have... Two from the very much in form, Michael Lanyard, recent Bunbury Heat winners. There's two by the name of Gallant Ranger. Um, Zan Geef will frank the form if he runs well at Ascot on Saturday, but Gallant Ranger is unbeaten in two trials. Looks a nice horse in, young horse in the making down in the southwest there. And... This horse has already had one start for one win. Then it was tipped out. It actually trialed better than Electric Light. Um, mm-hmm. Horse called Resort Man. Did you see that trial, Terry? I did actually. Yes, I watched Electric Light's trial, and um, I know that they've got a pretty big opinion. Uh, Resort Man. Actually, uh, I was on track when Resort Man won on a day where not much was making ground. And you know what that, was that day the Italian? Was that the Italian job day? Ah, uh, yeah, it was. June, no, no, it was escalating, actually. I went down there to watch escalating. So um, yeah. he still hasn't finished from, that was about seven months ago. Um, I uh, I think it was it escalating. Yeah, it was escalating, yeah. Um, that day is famous for uh, Superstorm going under at $1.18. Yes. Be- beaten by Mr. Cunniffer. That's a fair maiden, yeah. that's a fair maiden form six months on, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon even Tollman might have gone around in that or, yeah. or one of those horses as well. Potentially. Um, but yeah, this resort man goes good. It's a it's a very smart horse. I so, they like it too. Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, look out for for it. it uh, it's got plenty of quality about him, and um, and I did catch there was two Trevor Andrews trained two year olds who uh, caught the eye at the Belmont morning session on Tuesday. Both of them. As always, from the Trevor Andrews yard, both of them have very nice pedigrees, but most importantly, both look to have an engine. They, they are called Long May You Run, 
and rise high. Put those two two-year-olds in your black book. Long may you run and rise high. You can, um, yeah, check them out. Hopefully Trevor gets them to the races this prep, and if he does, they'll be super competitive in whatever they contest, mm. Terry. Very good. I've got nothing to add again. Okay. Mm. Uh, thanks for your input on the top-notch trialers. As always, Guru. Um, <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> well, while we're on the while we're on this subject of... Uh, Trevor Andrews, um, one of our most asked about horses when it comes to our whatever happened to segment is Black Fury. Uh, okay. <laughs> Black Fury, is yeah. Bla- Black Fury. Now, um, got some very positive news from contrary to some reports that he had been sold and has been moved on. Black Fury, who um, hasn't started since knocking off Uni time at Ascot on March 13, 2019. He suffered a tendon injury not long after. Now, Trevor Andrews um, contacted him during the week and he said that he's undergone significant shockwave therapy to get him back into um, a position uh, where the tendon is well enough or healed enough to begin training again. Very positive to report Black Fury will be back in work uh, next week, as of next week for Trevor Andrews. So um, he looks at uber-talented horse will be um, Trevor Andrews deserves a, a change of luck. Um, so it would be good to see Black Fury get back to the track, untapped uh, Blackfriars four-year-old. So we'll keep an eye out for him, Black Fury. So that's some, some good news there. Um, the only other horse I was doing the pedigree for um, um, this horse is going to be give me headaches moving forward, but uh, Zangief in uh, the two-year-old race, the horse that I tipped on top in the two-year-old race at uh, Ascot on Saturday, his half-brother Ambiente um, famously knocked off uh, Fabergino over a 1,000 metres one day mm. at, at uh, Belmont Park, was very heavily backed in a they knew, uh, hashtag they knew kind of way. Um, now, just wanting to see where Ambiente is at. I'll, I'll hopefully reach out to the Liz Strempel stable to see exactly what's going on. But Racing Australia says that he's um, active, which means that he's back in work. So um, Ambiente has won six, six from 12 over the 1,000 metres. Very sharp, very sharp customer. Um, hasn't been seen since last June. So um, Interested to see where he's at. Uh, Ambiente is a six-year-old now. So um, we'll chase that up with the Strempel stable. But um, I'm over to the Perth Racing Guru. He has a horse for the Whatever Happened To segment. Oh, I just remember a, uh, a good uh, victory that uh, a lot of us had, actually. We were pretty keen. I wanted a price. Uh, multiverse uh, from last year for Gary Crispin. Um, haven't seen multiverse in quite some time bj so i thought i'd uh give it to our resident uh whatever happened to chaser and uh mm-hmm. get him on the case yes yes well it um it appears as though racing australia tells me that multiverse is in work but we can get that confirmed by gary crispin um who did have a i, I didn't um, announce this horse in the top notch trialers segment, but uh, I, I will, I will, I will throw a little, um, a little tip to the listeners. If you haven't caught the trial of Chock Slam or Choke Slam, I think we're going with Choke Slam, aren't we, Terry? Going around on Sunday from Barrier One. Is it really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. It was a yeah top notch trialer actually. So um, keep an eye out for Chokeslam from um, from the uh, from the same yard from the Crispin yard. Pretty sure it was beaten as a dollar forty favorite last um, campaign actually. So yes, I think it might be quite a nice horse, uh, old Chokeslam. So the Undertaker and Kane. That's uh, inspired Chokeslam. Yes, yes. Mm. I used, you did school me up on the uh, on the wrestling references when when that horse was in work uh, previously. But uh, keep an eye out for it, and we'll chase up uh, with the Crispin Yard about the whereabouts for Multiverse, Terry. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Glad to be of service, mate. Um, and finally, the last thing you'll hear from me is last week's Twitter poll results. Um, the two-year-old of the year we discussed um, during our um, racing news segment on uh, last week's podcast, Terry. Watch Me Dance, Gemma's Son, I'm a Single Man, and Starfield Impact um, caused a bit of uh, caused a bit of discussion on Twitter, which is sort of what we're we're looking at. Um, Michael Jan- Ganjimi from uh, Ganjimi Racing launched a, a very strong case for I'm a Single Man. On Twitter, but it didn't sway the votes because um, Watch Me Dance got the uh, got the votes forty four percent on top. Champion two year old Watch Me Dance ahead of Gemma's son, who was second. Uh, the second placed thirty three percent of the votes. What did you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, I think they'd all be deserved winners, BJ. <laughs> Um, you don't want to comment after having having experienced the um, oh, look at the end of the day the, the highs and lows of champion two year old awards. At the, end, at the end of the day, all you want to do is win the races. I think the awards are fairly secondary in that sense. I um I, we we have a few jokes about not winning the two year old of the year award, but I genuinely couldn't give a rat's ass if we didn't win the two year old of the year award. So all I would have done, I've had a few free froffies by that stage. I would have jumped up on stage and probably uh, made a dick of myself when I had to collect the awards. So um yeah, I think it was probably a, a win for me. True or false? Did you actually get up on stage at some stage during the awards <laughs> night, Terry? Is that, can you confirm or deny the rumour that you were on the mic uh, at last year's Waroa awards night? No, Let us know. no comment. No, no comment. No comment. Okay. I, we'll, I have thought the, check, um, we'll have to check the Stewards Patrol film. I, I thought the band looked like they needed some assistance later in proceedings, so I, uh, I helped them play that uh, funky music, White Boy. Later in the uh, later in proceedings, I think uh, yeah, I had the microphone going through the crowd as well. Yeah, it was pretty good stuff. If anyone's got footage of mm. the guru, that would be much appreciated. There actually for the is one there, one. There Twitter is footage feed. floating around as well. Actually, I haven't seen that for a while. But yeah, no, we don't need that. So <laughs> anyway, I think that brings us to the end, BJ. Thanks, Terry. It certainly does. It does. Another episode comes to the end, number twenty-three. Quite incredible. Michael Jordan, Shane Warne, now the uh, the one-one WA Racing podcast. Really, an exalted company at number twenty-three. There, um, I'm going to go and uh, try and find a winner at Geraldton, the track that I uh, I love, but I also love to hate. BJ and uh, good luck on the weekend. Good luck finding a winner. I think we've uh, agreed on quite a few, and I'm, I'm pretty confident um, that there's quite a lot of winners around that three to five dollar mark on um, on Saturday. So I think it might be a good day to do those multis you were talking about. Try and jag a big collect in that sense. Um, but until next week on the one one.